Hey, Alicia and uh, everybody else. Welcome to another edition of Thirsting for Truth Live. This is the 22nd episode, and this episode is called How to Lent. And uh, we're going to be basically teaching you guys how to Lent out there, if you don't know already. Um, so for those who are not Catholic, hopefully this will help you to understand a little bit more about the practice of Lent. For those of you who are Catholic, hopefully this will help you learn a little bit more about the practice of Lent and uh, how to make them the most out of it. Um, so Alicia, hi, how's it going? Hello. So everybody can see me, right? I believe everybody can see you. How about this? I'll tell you what, I'm going to check on my phone. This is our old handy. The reason that we haven't done this in a while, usually, uh, or we, I think we actually got this down pretty well where uh, Alicia and I are no longer troubleshooting at the beginning of our shows. Um, but this one's a little different. I'm not at my computer here, so or I'm not at my normal computer. So uh, now I'm having to troubleshoot just a little bit again at the beginning of the show. So look at this. Boom. Everybody can see you. Hey, can you say something real quick? Because I need to know if they can hear you too. Hello, hello, test, test, test. Okay, hold on. We got to wait like five seconds for this to catch up. This is like Inception, Thirst and for Truth Inception. <laughs> Here it goes. Hey, can you say something real quick? Because I need to know if they can hear you too. Yep, everybody can hear you. Okay, good. The test was successful. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I wanted to first start off talking a little bit about um, or asking you, how's your uh, New Year's resolutions going? Some days are better than others. Um, it's been good lately because it's – I feel like Lent is almost – it's it's like a cousin of your New Year's resolution. It's a chance to to try and resolve some things that you've been wanting to work on permanently. Um, right. In, ter in terms of what you're what you're giving up, of course, Lent is not just about giving something up. Um, but that's that's been helping me as well. So. Funny that you should say that. You sort of stole my thunder there. Um, that's why I was asking you about your New Year's resolutions because um, let me first answer the question myself. So my New Year's resolutions are going pretty good, actually. Um, I have been um, writing in my book. I'm uh, like halfway into a chapter, which is pretty cool because I'm really hoping to finish that book pretty soon. Uh, I have been uh, daily reading scripture readings and uh, that has been very helpful actually to me because it always gives me some things to, to think about and to reflect on and um, so there's been that the uh, idea that Lent is, is something of a sister of New Year's resolutions is it's funny I think Lent is actually the parent of that um, the thing about it is Lent is that the Catholic Church has these traditions that are meant to help us um, you know, they're, they're meant to remind us of the things that we should be working on constantly, just like New Year's resolutions, right? New Year's resolutions, really, you're, we talked about this last time, that it's not supposed to be a thing that just like every year you, you pick up a New Year's resolution and then you drop it by the end of the year only to pick up something different every year. Um, you're supposed to pick things that are help, to help or that you want uh, 
you want to take on to help improve your life and then keep those things, right? So if your news resolution is to get in better shape, well, obviously, uh, that's something that you want to keep for the rest of your life. You don't want to just take that on for the new year and then drop it um, because because you accomplished it. Lent is the same kind of thing. The, the traditions of the church are intended to help stimulate us, um, you know, to jumpstart us in the things that we should be really doing all year. And uh, Lent is kind of like a condensed, like, basic training version of um, our, you know, call and uh, the commitment we're supposed to have to sacrifice and to prayer um, and to essentially getting rid of the things that hold us back from being a great Christian and taking on new things that help us to become a better Christian. Um, so yeah, what, what's your, uh, what's your Lenten resolutions or what is it that you're giving up? Um, I actually picked something that has been the most difficult resolution I have ever had during Lent. Um, I'm just building the suspense. I gave up, um, I'm on my, the edge of my, uh, reclining couch. If I hit this little button here, watch this. Whoop. See you guys. I'm coming right back. Sorry. Go ahead. I gave up um, hot water. So my showers are cold. Like if you go to wash your hands, it's cold. It's <laughs> okay. really, really difficult. You couldn't do that up here in the Northeast, I don't no. think. But I mean, it's it's still a little cold down here in Texas, but it's it's pretty brutal first thing in the morning when you go to take a shower. Oh, it's killer. And there's so many times I want to just be like, maybe just a little bit <laughs> warmer. It's terrible. What an interesting thing to I, give up. I saw somebody, I was looking up ideas and somebody had given that up before and I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and it's, it's so why, hard. why, why, why did you give that up though? I mean, I know it's, it's unique, mm -hmm. but I wanted to, um, you know, we're in a first world country right and so it's it's hard for us to think of that as a luxury and um i wanted it to kind of um combine with my almsgiving one of one of my passions in terms of um giving and almsgiving is um the poor and the homeless and so i wanted to connect with the impoverished in that way not just in here but in countries where or just even maybe even here in in the United States, but just there's some places where um, they only have cold water, and it's it's pretty terrible. <laughs> and um, it it definitely makes you pray when you get in the shower in the morning. <laughs> so it's been a good one. That's interesting. I <clears throat> I've never heard of anybody doing that <clears throat> before. Um. But that's that's good reasoning, you know. I I think one of the things that traditionally uh, becomes kind of like a Lenten staple is just to give up something that you like, chocolate or sodas or something like that. <clears throat> that's certainly a thing that is still encouraged among young people, you know. Uh, but I think that sometimes people miss the mark a little bit when they think that Lent is just about giving something up that you like mm -hmm. because really, you know, that's, there's, there's not a, 
there's definitely some fruit in giving up something that you like for Lent. Um, there's just not a whole lot, in my opinion, if it's just because you like it. Um, and I think when growing up, when I was more of Catholic by name and not really, it wasn't really like a, you know, a thing that I was, you know, trying to work out and improve, you know, um, I went through Lent and I was just like, well, I'm going to give up hot Cheetos or sodas or something like that. And it was really, really hard. And that there's definitely, again, a, a fruit to just learning how to uh, exercise your will over the things that you like, you know, say no to things that you like. There's definitely a lot of good to be had there, but I never really felt like I got anything out of it. I always felt like I was just waiting for Lent to be over and it just felt like hard for no reason. And I, I always dreaded Lent, to be honest. Every time that Lent came around, it was like the worst time for me. Um, and then, I'd, you know, like I'd give up something and I think a lot of times I'd probably try to give up something that I didn't really, that I liked, but that I didn't uh, think I was going to have very often, or at least I wasn't going to have to try to deny myself very often so that it wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, and honestly, Lent is still hard for me. It's still like something that I don't like get really excited about. I mean, I, I, I got to, you know, remind myself, I got to get myself into the mindset that this is something good for me and I want to try and and make this a very fruitful Lent, but it's still not like a thing that I get. Um, I don't really love it, like in the sense that I, I love to eat ice cream. It's not that kind of pleasure, uh, but I know that I need it. And so I appreciate Lent, even if I don't really like it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I um, actually love Lent. I It's my favorite that's weird. time of year. It is very weird. <laughs> um, but I look forward to, I guess, the renewal of it. Um, well, I, I love, I love what Lent does for me. I love the opportunity it gives me. Um, but it's, it's not natural for me to try to want to like, um, give things up and, and sacrifice and, and deny myself constantly. Like, I'm just saying that it's a thing that it can be tough, you know? Um, and Hey, Latrell from love it again. By the way. Oh yes, hello. Sorry, Latrell. just saying. <laughs> okay, what were you saying? Did you give something up for Lent this year, and what did you give up? I did, yeah, every year. Um, and th- so this is actually something I was gonna um, say to everybody to encourage people that even since even though Lent's already started, this is something that um, you might consider if Lent is is n- something that's never really fruitful for you. It's just kind of that dreadful time of the year where you're giving up something that uh, you really enjoy. And then you're just waiting until the time that you can have it again. Um, Lent is a, again, it's very much like basic training for the military. When I went through basic training, they took away all of our uh, conveniences, you know, and not just conveniences, but things that we felt like we needed. Um, We got stripped of all those things to help build something else that we didn't have, you know, the discipline, the, the teamwork and the camaraderie and all of those other things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got stripped of our individualness, you know, they cut your hair, they take away your clothes and they give you uniform. So everybody literally is uniform wearing the same thing. Uh, and again, but then you get stripped of all, hold on. Yes, sir. I got a little six year old. Um, I 
think she's upstairs. She's not upstairs? What do you need? Why are you not in bed? It's because I'm keeps. She keeps, like, she's knocking on the thing. Okay, we'll just tell her that it's time for bed and tell her that Boppy's doing Thirst for Truth. So if he has to go up there to make her go to sleep, tell her she's not going to like it. So just tell her that, tell her, I'm going to help you, Anna Marie, and I'm going to save you. You have to go to sleep so that Mommy and, and Bobby don't have to get mad and come up here, okay? Yes, we are going to go to IHOP in the morning. Not if you guys don't go to sleep, though. If you don't go to sleep, then tell Anna Marie that. Say, if we don't go to sleep, no pancakes tomorrow, okay? <laughs> All right, see ya. All right. Good night. I love you. Love you. Could you hear him at all? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I heard all of that. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You. Uh, it's like every night. Um. Yeah. So, anyway, what was I talking about? Uh. So. Oh, if you feel like you have question. a dreadful. So, does do the kids give up something for Lent? They did. Yeah. Well, it's hard because. Um, I don't know, like, we already, the thing about the, the kids, we already sort of limit them in a lot of things, you know what I mean? So they already have to kind of deny themselves all the time. Their, their whole lives are Lent, really, right? As a kid, you're basically, your whole life is Lent, where you're like, can I have chocolate? Not right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, eventually, but not today, yeah. you know, not, not during the week. Um, so what we all, we all sort of collectively gave up some stuff. Um, and before I say what we gave up, I wanted to to mention to people that, um, if you don't have a fruitful Lent, if Lent is not like a thing that you ever really feel like you get something out of, and it's just a dreadful thing where you're, you know, simply giving up something and you're waiting until the time that you can have it again. My encouragement to you is to look at this like basic training. That's what I was saying, right? Um, where, uh, Lent is a time that you, you retreat a little bit. And you, you take a step back and you start to look at your life and you figure out, you know, uh, am I the best person that I can be right now? Am I the best version of myself? Am I, um, you know, where in my life do I need work? And obviously that should be a question that everybody says no to and says, yeah, I can improve. I need things. Uh, I, I can improve things and I can get rid of some things that are holding me back. And so in Lent, what you're trying to do is find those things that are, you know, keeping you from a closer relationship with God, keeping you from being a better husband or father or a boyfriend or girlfriend or student or just a regular, you know, better human being, right? Um, so if you're giving up chocolate, then to me, it only makes sense to give up chocolate if you're like addicted to chocolate or if you're overweight and need to get in better shape or if somehow... Um, chocolate gets in the way of your ability to pray and like, or, you know, be an honest person. Like if you love chocolate so much that you steal it, you steal chocolate from the stores and crap like that. Absolutely. You need to give up chocolate if that is your deal. Uh, but if uh, you don't spend a lot of time with your kids because you're so busy with your work and, and your, you know, your own business or something, um, if you are, so engulfed in something else and your kids are suffering because of that giving up chocolate is not going to help you to 
better yourself in that area. Um, so I would recommend to people that you find, even right now, even though Lent has already started, you can still, you know, do some, uh, something different. It's not like you're like, uh, you know, locked in, into this commitment for the rest of Lent. You're like, Oh, that would have been something good to give up. Sometimes I change things around a little bit. If I feel like, you know, um, it's not challenging me enough, or if I feel like maybe, um, there's just something else that I need to, to, to change because I'm starting to recognize that somewhere else in my life needs a little more attention. Um, but what I gave up, oh gosh, your fans are back. Hello, Brittany. Here they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so what I gave up is uh, a couple of things, actually, some really hard things. Number one, no movies, Netflix, and YouTube, or any kind of streaming video during the week. Um, and the reason yeah. I gave that up is because, again, I... I want to have more time to work on my book, to do some more Thirsting for Truth stuff. Um, I'm beginning to, to, you know, ramp up my speaking ministry again. And um, and also to have time for prayer and to talk to Diane and spend time with the kids and stuff. You know, we always, um, movies is kind of our go-to thing. We love to watch movies because it's a great way to unwind and we just mm-hmm. we love movies. It's entertaining. Um, but, you know, if you take a step back, and look at how you spend your time. A lot of times you realize just how much time you give away to movies where you're sitting in, on a couch or whatever and um, two hours or you know even longer, if you're watching a couple of TV shows, you could binge watch a few shows. And, um, you know, and then you wonder like, how come I haven't had time to look at my budget and, and I missed that payment or something? Or you know, um, why am I so tired all the time and I can't get to bed early and all of those other things. A lot of times for us, uh, movies is what, you know, causes a lot of those issues because we just really enjoy watching them. So we like cut them out, you know, except for on the weekends um, where so during the week I can be more productive. Um, but instead of just taking out movies, I need to put something in there. Right. So uh, I on I wanted to take on saying the daily rosary. Uh, I'm also already reading the, the daily mass scriptures. Um, so there's that, but also uh, working on my book and Thirsting for Truth stuff. Plus, I'm uh, looking to to take the GRE because I might enter this program that uh, provides me a free master's degree. Oh, wow. um, and that's something that, yeah, all of those things I, I need. I want more time to do it. So that was my way of getting more time to do it by giving up something that I really, really enjoy doing. Um, I also am trying to give up complaining. Uh especially on the road, then says that uh, as some where recently I just began to become a little more frustrated with drivers. It might be because we're in DC and traffic's bad. I don't know, but um, I'm, I'm trying to give up complaining uh, mostly about people, you know, all the way around. And so I'm not just trying to take that out. My plan is, and I've had to do this a lot recently. Okay. So my plan is, if I say something negative about somebody or something, then I have to say f- like five things nice about them if I realize that, right? So That's pretty cool. Um, or if I want to say something negative, I have to spin it into something positive. So for example, uh, we were driving, I think yesterday, and this person like, you know, weaving in and out of traffic, like cut me off or something. And normally I'm like, you know, I want to say like, you know, something like, mean negative derogatory or whatever and um and instead i caught myself and instead of saying like you 
you know, jerk, you idiot, like you're going to cause an accident. I said, I really hope that person makes it home safely and doesn't kill themselves or anybody else on the way home. And then I, that was it. Like, <laughs> that's it. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm trying to, I, I really want to cut back on um, seeing the negative and everything and trying to, to naturally or, or more, you know, immediately see the positive um, in situations, but more importantly in people, I want to look for the good in people that, you know, where it's harder to find the good, where they get on my nerves or, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and then with my kids, uh, I'm also trying to change the way that I, uh, not change the way that I, I parent. I want to uh, make sure that I'm, I'm parenting, you know, not in emotion, um, but with like an invest of my time, investment of my time and effort. So uh, I'm trying to not spank them throughout Lent and talk them through everything. I'm not a person who believes that simply talking to kids you know, is the way. I, I actually do think that spanking um, can be an effective way to um, to help kids, teach them to discipline them. Um, but it's very easy to, when you're frustrated and tired and all that stuff, to um, to spank out of emotion or frustration. Um, and the way that you tame that is, again, so sometimes you 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 move back and you say, okay, let me focus more on this area. Um, and that just happens to be one of my my things that I'm going for right now is I want to make sure that I'm I'm spending more time teaching them so that when I want to like you know snap them into hey this is you better learn something mode um, I'm gonna say okay you know what I'm gonna drop what I'm doing and I'm gonna spend a little time with you talk you through it reiterate it a couple of times um, and make sure that I'm constantly exploring ways and not getting too comfortable with how I discipline them because uh, just like at work, sometimes when you get in the habit of of you know how to you get in trouble and you know how to avoid getting in trouble, you get complacent and so therefore you're not really growing. So uh, sometimes changing it up in your style at home with your kids is is a very fruitful way to um, not just continue to help them grow and to discipline them, but to check yourself as a parent and make sure that you're actually, um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, your, your heart is still and your intentions are still, um, going in the right direction and they haven't, you know, veered off the path and, uh, you know, I guess that's it. So did you, uh, any, did you give up? Any, I don't think you, if you gave up hot water for Lynn, I don't know that you have to give up anything else. I'm just curious. Uh, was um, that it? Well, it's a tradition in my family to give up two things. Um, and uh, the other one isn't really going that well. <laughs> um, so I need to figure out some way to, to resolve this. But also, um, my parents are always really good about saying, like like you said this earlier, um, it's not just about giving something up. It's what are you putting in place of that? So I was also saying a daily rosary is an added prayer aspect to fast to, to Lent. Um, but, uh, my second thing that I was giving up was, um, well, I guess actually I gave up three things. Um, I was giving up, um, being late. Wait a second. Do you get in trouble for that though? <laughs> like you breaking tradition there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Alicia, we don't, no, no, no. This family, we always done two things. Just two. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm always late 
I'm always like five minutes late. So I was trying to work on that. Um, and I guess I, I felt like, um, I've heard that, um, you should, <laughs> I've heard that you should ask people that you live with, um, what you can work on. Um, and, um, so I asked my, um, I asked my roommates what I could give up and they were like, geez, I don't know. Like they didn't really have any good suggestions. I was like, well, you guys know my flaws the most, you know, you live with me. Um, um, but I actually heard that from like people asking their spouses because I mean, you obviously live with them, but you also spend a lot of time with them. So, um, even though I don't live with my boyfriend, I spend a lot of time with him. So I was like, well, what can I work on? He was like, um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say this is a flaw, but you could, um, you don't take time to kind of listen to things that are going on around you all the time. Um, so maybe turning off the radio when you're driving. So I, I did that too, since, since the, I'm still working on, um, trying to be on time. <laughs> um, so that's been kind of difficult too, because whenever you get in the car, I just kind of want to turn on talk radio or music or something. And it's just quiet. Um, which is also, um, fruitful for, um, I mean, you're, you're listening. You're just, it's, it's amazing. I just pay attention more to what's going on around me. Um, yeah. Well, I, so the, I actually think that, oh, not think I, that was another reason why I gave up, uh, like videos and like YouTube streaming and stuff is because that's, I like to, I like to listen to things. I like to listen to, you know, sports talk and, um, all the stuff that's going on in the NBA. It's just, so it fills up a lot of my time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes it fills up my time and I can't necessarily be doing something else like writing my book, but I could be thinking, I could be reflecting, uh, on how I am, you know, as a parent currently or, uh, about work or just, anything like my marriage, I could be thinking and reflecting about things that are going to help me to remember, um, you know, I don't know, to re-engage or, or to sometimes it's just like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I need to go ship something, you know, and I forget things like that because mm -hmm. my, my mind is so taken up with lots of things, you know, I'm constantly, mm -hmm. you um, caught up in it. right, exactly. And so I think the, the, the point there is that, um, you know, one of my uh, one of my favorite scriptures is. Now let's see if I can find it. I don't know um, exactly where it is, but uh, Google <laughs> might be able to help me with this. Uh, save me, Google. Let's see. What do people do before Google? Nobody, nobody knows actually. To be honest. <laughs> Actually, um, I'm, I'm curious as to how, how the tradition of giving something up for Lent, how that came about. Uh, well, you know? honestly, I don't know that. I can't tell you. I mean, I can tell you, like, um, the purpose of it, but I don't know necessarily, like, the exact origins of when it started as a, here, you, you should give up, like, candy or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But... I found it. So I, it's Elijah, um, but I, I didn't know where it was. So it's in 1 Kings 19. <coughs> so Elijah's in the midst of fleeing for his life. Um, and he 
an angel tells him uh, essentially to go um, and uh, you know travel because you know God wants to speak to him. So uh, while he's he he comes upon a um, like a cave cavern or something like that, and what's interesting about it is it makes the point to to go through these various different like. Uh, like a you know storm, like uh, I think something like that. Like you know, he, there a storm came by, lightning or something, loud loud noises or you know high winds, um, and all of these you know sort of natural phenomenon. And in, and each time that it uh, describes that, it makes a point to say that God was not in the storm. You know, God was not in uh, the thunder or whatever. Uh, then, after all that, he heard silence. And as soon as he heard silence, there was no sound. That's when Elijah recognized that the Lord's presence was there and he entered into the cave. So I've always really liked that passage. It's always spoke to my heart because I am a person um, where silence is not easy for me. You know, I think I would like, I would die if I had to become a monk and live in like a, you know, in silence. It's very, very hard for me. Uh, I just I like a lot of noise, and because I know I I know I like a lot of noise. That's one of the things that I have to make sure that I, um, you know, watch and I introduce silence into my life that provides me the time for um, contemplation, reflection, to to be open. Sometimes in your prayer, you know, we often think that our prayer needs to be spoken like like a constant speech. You know, like. God, please help me with this. And God, thank you for that. And God, you know, so on and so forth. And sometimes, you know, the most fruitful prayer is just being silent, you know, much like Elijah recognizing that God's presence is there in the silence. And during the silence, that's when you enter into a very special and intimate time with God, just like in a relationship. Many people in marriages know this, um, and you don't have to be actually in a marriage as long as you have a very intimate relationship with somebody. Sometimes you can just look at somebody. Uh, no words are spoken, but something is communicated there, right? Uh, a great love and some kind of connection, you know, where trust is actually built sometimes when you just look at somebody and you you both kind of like understand <laughs> what the other is, is saying with their eyes, you know what I mean? Um, and you know, best friends can sometimes have this kind of thing where, um, they hear something, they look at each other, and they laugh. You know, they don't have to say anything. They sort of are, they're already on the same level, and they they know, you know, what the other is thinking. And um, and I think that sometimes we we downplay silence in our spiritual lives, and we don't allow that uh, the silence of our hearts sometimes to be like an empty cup where God comes in and fills the cup with whatever he wants to fill it with instead of whatever we think we need to fill it with, you know? And I think that that's sometimes, again, something I struggle with because, and I think a lot of intellectual people struggle with that. We feel like we need to, even in our prayer, like we can have the answers like, you know, God, I know what I need. I need to, you know, be a better dad and, you know, God, I need to my finances and I need you to do this. And can you please help me with that? And so on and so forth. And, sometimes we don't realize that that one way conversation is like, it's you saying everything you think you need. Um, and 
without silence, how can you ever really hear what the other person is saying? You know, right. here's what you need or here's what I'd like to give you, right? Did you have, I, I stopped because I thought you had a comment on that. No, no, that was, that was essentially it. That was my goal and keeping my drive quiet. Yeah, so, so I'm with you on that. I'm trying to um, intentionally like introduce more times of silence and, uh, you know, get rid of some of the noise in my life. Um, there was something else though I was going to say about that. You, you brought something up before. Oh, I know. You asked how this whole thing came about, about giving up stuff for Lent, right? Um, honestly, I don't know the, again, the origins, but what I can tell you, and I think this is something that a lot of people probably wonder from time to time, um, is why do we give up meat for on Fridays, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, um, the origins of uh, the sort of the, the reasoning for us giving up things during Lent um, is because we're mirroring the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert. Jesus went into the desert for 40 days to prepare for his public ministry. Um, he went out uh, knowing that he was going to be in public ministry, um, speaking to people, healing that he would be dealing with controversy, that he'd be, you know, dealing with tough questions that he'd have to answer, um, that he would be in the midst of, of a lot of difficulty, pain, suffering, um, joy, and all those other things. But to prepare himself for his ministry, he went out into the desert and he denied himself. He only had bread and water for 40 days, right? So uh, this idea... Uh, that you know we can prepare ourselves by sacrificing is not something that you know only Catholics know, right? I mean, what do what do professional athletes do before their their games? Well, they deny themselves things like cake and sweets and alcohol and so on and so forth. Uh, they know that in order to you know be ready for the moment. They have to prepare not just themselves mentally, but also physically. Like this, there's there's a uh, if you can train your will to deny yourself like simple pleasures, things that you want or think you need. Um, then, as you you build that the strength of your will, then you can deny yourselves. You you can deny yourself things um, that are much greater that you might be tempted with, right? Um, so for an athlete. You, uh, you know, might want to go to the a big party right before the championship game. Well, if your will is weak, then you might find yourself at the party, even though you didn't want to go. And the next day, you lose the championship, and you're like, "Man, I knew it. I shouldn't have gone." You know, like I, I wish I hadn't have gone. And, and you, you can be like mad at yourself because you didn't have the strength to choose not to go, right? And I think the the people who, even if like say they're professional athletes, who don't train themselves to deny themselves, you know, physical pleasures like foods and snacks and alcohol and so on and so forth, they're the same ones that struggle to uh, deny themselves other things that end up affecting their careers, um, and vice versa, right? Like Tim Duncan was a the San Antonio Spurs. If people don't know that. Um, Tim Duncan was an ultimate professional. He 
played till he was 40 years old and he played at a very high level and he won multiple championships. He was a, he was a competitor, an ultimate competitor who was just like, uh, obsessed with winning and, you know, with getting to championships, his methodology in basketball wasn't just in basketball, though he was amazing at managing his physical health and his weight. Uh, those things go hand in hand. And so uh, what we do in Lent is we mirror Jesus's 40 days in the uh, desert where he denied himself in preparation for his mission. And this is where we learn to do the same thing. Find the things that you need to, <laughs> um, you know, the areas that you need to get better and start removing those things by denying yourself little things to build your will up so that you can deny yourself the big things that you need to get out of your way to have a closer relationship with God. Um, the meat part about it, and I, I got to be honest here, this is something that I don't even really know is uh, is like official church teaching. Um, and I I just never went to go look it up because I, I assume that this is probably right. But even if it's not, um, it doesn't really matter to me because I, I can see the benefits of it regardless of you know what the church says exactly about eating meat. Um, but I've always believed that the reason we give up meat on Fridays is because uh, it's so common. It's a, it's such a common food that everybody has. Uh, it makes it it's difficult, right? Now, if the church said everybody on Friday um, is going to give up broccoli, well, then nobody would have trouble with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if everybody has to give up meat on Friday, then everybody, no matter like, as long as you again, you're like put in some effort into trying to be a good Catholic, right? Or to try to just, you know, maintain your Catholicism just enough so that you don't fail out or whatever. Um, you know, meat kind of is that uh, like transcendent food that everybody has and everybody has a lot of. So it's very hard to go without meat. Um, I, you, if you, you don't really think about it, um, you don't realize how often you have meat. We have meat all the time pretty much every day, multiple times a day uh, on some days. And so we eat meat all the time. And then during Lent on Friday, it's very hard to not have meat. You know what I mean? So that to me is, is the purpose of the church uh, introducing that sacrifice. It's to help you to understand that, you know, again, there's a lot of people who don't really, they don't give up things that are hard for them to sacrifice that are going to help them. Uh, but this is a this is a perfect way to have to give up something that's very hard to give up that's so good people love meat and hamburgers and steaks like we love meat um, so it's very hard to give it up um, but it also is a is a food which we've talked about before um, you know whenever you have to your appetite for food is very much linked to other things like sex for example right like if you can learn to deny yourself in foods that taste really, really good, uh, then if you can control yourself in that area, very likely you will have much easier time controlling yourselves in other area when it comes to, um, you know, like sin and virtue, right? Well, also um, part of that I know is that when that sacrifice started, um, you know, meat was a luxury. So it wasn't an everyday food. It was something that you were very blessed if you if you were 
wealthy enough to be able to have meat on your table for dinner. Um, but I think it's still relevant today because of what you said. It's so common. I mean, obviously not for vegetarians or um, anybody who just doesn't have meat in their diet regularly, but um, it's hard to give that up on a daily or on a weekly basis. Yeah, well, it used to be that you had to have, uh, you had to give up Lent. I mean, I'm <laughs> give up Lent. You had to give up uh, meat for all of Lent, mm -hmm. and then the church was like, probably too many whiners like me in the church um, <clears throat> that couldn't do that, and you know, so the church uh, <clears throat> scaled back a little bit. But um, but yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but in those cases, it it also sort of still makes sense um, that those who were wealthy had a lot of meat too, right? Like that was like a, um, you, you see like sometimes like the, you know, Kings and like the people who had like these big buffets, they have tons of meat, like more than they can handle. And oftentimes they would be like overweight and so on and so forth. Right. Um, so, um, but anyway, Latrell said something. She said, if you're a vegetarian, you probably shouldn't just give up meat only on Fridays. That's right. If you're a vegetarian, you should probably give up like the, I don't know, what's the thing that vegetarians love the most? Tofu? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you have to give up something along those lines. Give up, something, give up something common in your diet, whatever your diet may be. Uh, what is... Seriously, I don't know what's common in like a... Like um, a vegetarian there was, diet. There was like, at one point where I mean, one of my sisters was a, was a vegetarian, and she did eat a lot of tofu, and um, <laughs> she, See? she would substitute other things, um, and this this kind of varied. So, I mean, you those who are listening know what your diet is, of course, but, you know, maybe in, since you don't eat a lot of meat, you eat a lot of quinoa, which if you don't know what that is, is a, a grain. Um, yeah, we eat quinoa, yeah. I don't know, so, whatever, whatever it is in your diet. You know, actually, you know. yeah, so you're right. So the, it's the thing that you have, like, probably the most, right? If you have something every day, so if you have tofu every day, well, then give up it on uh, tofu on Fridays. Um, yeah, that's that's to, a great way to, to put it, Alicia. We used to joke with my sister. Um, she was a vegetarian for so long that um, eating meat would actually make her sick. Um, so she couldn't really do this. It was really just a joke. She, has, has since kind of gradually come back into um, leaner meats. But besides the point, um, we used to joke that, well, on Fridays you should eat meat because you don't you don't eat it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. You like the reverse. Actually, yeah. hey, that's a really good point. That's amazing because if we can't eat meat on Fridays because it's, you know, we love meat so much, and you don't like to eat meat all the time or you don't want to because you hate meat so much, then you should eat it on Fridays because that's the hardest thing for you to do, right? Yeah. Because the hard, honestly, the hardest thing for me to do probably almost in the world is to not eat meat on Fridays. I love meat. And it's, it's mostly because I know that I can't eat meat on Friday that I want it so bad. It's like, like how you always want Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. It's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. See, Chick-fil-A gives you Lent all year long on Sundays. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I think that, <clears throat> you know, uh, if 
if I were to try to, you know, give some very like straightforward advice to people on how to make the most out of your Lent, Lent is not simply about giving up things that you like. It's about giving up sin. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of different methods that help you to give up sin in your life. And one way is to deny yourself the things that you like because then you'll learn to be able to deny yourself the things that you like. And as you grow that strength of your will, then when you're tempted with things that you like, but they're attached to sin, then you already are in the habit of, you know, uh, being able to deny yourself the things that you like. And so the, the sin itself um, becomes more, you know, uh, like a repellent, right? So normally sin is wrapped up in something that you like and you know that it's sin. The problem is that you can't, you can't like say no mm -hmm. to the thing that you want, to the wrapping paper, right? Mm -hmm. So you learn how to deny yourself the wrapping paper when it's not attached to sin. Then when it is attached to sin, you have a much easier time saying no. Mm -hmm. um, the other part, uh, the other method is straight up give up sin, right? Like um, I, I used to like, uh, when I was younger, uh, like things that I knew that I did wrong, like were like in my, you know, habit. Um, this is before I met Diane, before I got married. I remember like during Lent, I tried to give up um, like doing bad things. I tried to give up doing, you know, um, lustful things with girls. Like that was like, it's <laughs> part of my Lent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and if you have something like that where you know, like you have some kind of addiction or some kind of, you know, um, sinful hold or sinful attachment, uh, that's primarily what you want to target right there and give up, you know, figure out how, but you not just for Lent, obviously Lent is the opportunity that to give you the motivation and the boost to find those things that, and then get them out of your life, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, Latrell brought up a, a good um, point. She said, you're supposed to still do another penance every Friday of the year if you don't give up meat. So um, thanks Luttrell, for that reminder, Latrell. So are you exactly, Lent is all year, right? Um, it's We just kind of make a bigger deal of, of Lent during these 40 days because it's supposed to serve as a reminder um, that this is what we should be doing all year. So you're going to say something, Alicia? I was asking Latrell if she was a vegetarian. Latrell, are you a vegetarian? We'll we'll wait. <laughs> Did anybody kidding. ask us any? Has anybody asked any Lenten questions? Uh, no. But we also haven't solicited any Lenten questions. Um, so Val. Uh, who's been interactive along with Latrell? If you have any Lenten questions, Brittany, if you want to just fanboy over uh, Alicia, that's that's up to you. But if you want to answer a Lent, ask a Lenten question, we're here for that as well. Um, we're still also waiting on the response from Latrell as to whether or not she's a vegetarian. Why, why, why are we waiting on that again? Is that something that you just she were just, randomly she curious about? Quick, she was just quick to comment on the. Oh, you know, Friday's things. And I was just curious, but I could go either way based on how she's been talking. By the way, as a disclaimer, I still like, I still love people who are vegetarians. We don't get along as well. Like it's hard for me to like hang out with them on the weekend, invite them over uh, for a barbecue. Um, 
<laughs> Brittany said, hold on a second here. <laughs> Brittany, what are you talking about? She said, why so, haven't you given me your social media passwords this year? So a couple a couple years in a row, I would give up social media. And as oh, um, I have see. somebody as an accountability partner, I would give Brittany my passwords. And it actually worked out really well. Because at the end must of the be a really month, I would have to ask trustworthy person. Them. Yeah, she's she's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why why is she trying to hack you <laughs> on my show here? <laughs> but so okay, but on that note, this is actually this is actually a great talking point because I considered doing that again this year, um, and I really was on all of the major major social media outlets several times a day. I I would it's like five minutes would go by, and I'd be like, oh, I have to look at my phone again. And it was really kind of an addiction to my phone. And so that was part of my giving that up. And um, I... Second. I'm just checking my Facebook. Just kidding. I'm sorry. I was... God, I'm sorry. I was just... That was a joke. <laughs> anyway, um, I haven't had that issue. So I just decided that I wanted to do something that would be difficult. So. You hear that, Brittany? She's got no problem not being on social media anymore. Except for every Monday at 8 p.m., that's another reason why she can't give you her password, okay? <laughs> because she has to be here for the show. Um, any okay? So uh, Val, Kate, ooh, Val, we got a question from Val. She says, "I came in a, a great time." That's not a question. That's a statement. But the question comes right after that. She says, "A coworker asked why meat." Uh, so I believe y'all covered it. Oh, oh, so she asked yeah. a question that we already talked about. Well, any other yeah. questions? Let us know. Well, it, does anybody have any questions? We haven't answered yet because that would be cool because then we could answer them. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I think um, that probably everybody I've ever met, you know, who has like curiosity about lens is always like, I don't get it. Like, why do you have to give up meat? You know, cause like, isn't fish meat also? And I'm like, Hmm, that's a good. Yes. But it's not just about like, uh, you know, like that it's meat from like an animal or like, I don't know. Because I guess, oh, gosh, is fish meat like considered meat? It's the same. It's like, what is it? Like, it's, it's not muscle. It's, 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 no, it's, um, it's continuing from the Jewish custom of flesh. It's supposed to be fleshy. But also, um, I've also read that since fish is a Christian symbol. I don't know. I doubt. Uh, really concrete. I don't. But, um, maybe, but that, that doesn't sound right that's to me. I, I doubt that. I, I would think it's because, I mean, obviously people don't have fish as often unless, you know, like you're a fisherman or it something. Depends and, on your diet. Well, that's I, right. But I'm, but generally though, like, like look at, mm -hmm. look at the U S right. Like, most of the people inside that are not in the coastal areas, um, their easiest access is to meats, you know, like chicken and beef, uh, whatever, right? Like deer, like it is, it's much harder for those people to have access to fish. And so I think that um, it's just, it's a harder, like if you couldn't have fish on Friday, um, is, it, is it that big of a deal for a lot of people really? I mean, like how often do you have fish in your diet? Uh, I don't, I don't eat fish that often. Boom. See, like, it's just not, it's more expensive. Um, it's harder to, to make. Uh, it's a little more like, 
hit and miss, like depending on what kind of fish you get. Like if it's really, really fishy and strong and it doesn't go with everything, but meats go with everything. Like you can put, you can have chicken, chicken soup and chicken enchiladas and chicken taco. Like you can literally, um, and yeah, like Latrell says, fish is not as easy to obtain. Depending on where you live. I mean, if you live well, on the coast, maybe. It's still not as easy to obtain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it could be easier, but it's way easier to like raise chickens, even if you're on the coast, than it is to go out into the ocean and be like, I hope there's some fish here, drop a net. You know what I mean? Like Now, people who, who do that commercially, well, obviously, the different mm-hmm. story, but microwave fish, why... Val said microwave fish, which, oh, like she's saying that's another way to have fish, I guess. Well, Val, if you're the person at work that does the microwave fish, I would consider, I would consider not being that person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's the absolute, unless it depends. Oh gosh. So remember the whole thing with John Paul coming down, like Anna Marie's like knocking and she's like, okay, Anna Marie just came down. (laughs) She's like, mommy. <laughs> oh, geez, these kids, man. So, Smelly. So what, what kind uh, of sorry, I was reading Val's comment. What kind of the kids are not have smart. you gotten from your kids about Lent? How do you teach kids? kids oh. oh, man, with lots of words and repetitive, mm-hmm. you know, sentences. Um, yeah, no, I mean, actually, just like the way that we talked about it today, we talked about Jesus and, and the desert um, and he's sacrificing, but, but the cool thing about it, uh, is that when you ask me that, I'm kind of like trying to think of when we had any kind of struggle teaching think, them about Lent you know, because we we've didn't, all been, we've all been kids once. Right. And you like me were Not me, <laughs> I jumped just from like, born like this. If well, I jumped from like two years old to like 12. <laughs> um, I was going to say. If you have older siblings, I mean, you, you kind of learn by their example and by your parents' example. And I imagine that it was more of a teaching moment with, you know, with Elizabeth and with John Paul. And now it's kind of like they're also helping you teach the younger ones. Yeah, right? well, so, yeah, but I I was saying that, like, we, we didn't really have any kind of struggle to explain it to them uh, because we make it a point to explain to them all the time. We talk about sacrifice all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we always find opportunities to sacrifice. Um, and so when we said that, you know, during Lent, we're going to do more sacrifice, it's kind of like, that's it, right? Like, it's just because Jesus went to the desert and we read the story and all that, but we just say like, this is a time for more sacrifice and um, to get better. And, and they already know that because we talk about that so often, you know, like, uh, we don't let our kids just watch movies and, you know, play video games randomly all the time whenever they want. Um, and if they get in trouble, then we tell them, okay, you know, now you're going to um, sacrifice. You're not going to have video games or whatever until you can do better. And that's essentially what Lent is, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's the reminder that uh, when we do well, you know, you receive reward. But when you don't do well with the things that you have or you don't, you're not doing your responsibility, um, then there are consequences for that. And so sometimes you can remind yourself by sort of introducing the consequences to yourself, you know, to, um, mm-hmm. to, to put yourself in that mindset before you have to be there <laughs> because things went bad, right? 
um, kind of like what you said about your sacrifice to, to go without hot water. Like you don't have to go without hot water. The reason that you're doing it is because it helps you, it helps put you in a position where you're able to relate to people who don't have a choice. Right. And so, hi, how is it? Looks like, uh, I've been given the, it's time signal, Alicia. <laughs> oh gosh, it's nine 11. That's why. Um, but yeah, so that I thought that was a, a great, you gave a great point of reason for your sacrifice, which is it helps me understand that, you know, and remember not just by thinking, but in a very real way that there are people who have to go through that and they don't have a choice. Um, so that's, oh, Val, great question. Thank you. There's a, there's a great Lenten question. She said, it, one of my kids asked if Sundays are considered part of Lent. You want to take that, Alicia, or do you, do you know the answer, or do you want me to take it? So, it's not counted. Sundays aren't counted in the 40 days. However, um, if you have a habit that you're trying to break, um, I wouldn't recommend using that rule that you, um, you know, use Sunday as a grace day and, and give in to that, uh, whatever it was that you were giving up, because you're not going to break that habit. Um, if you give into it once a week. And I also like to say that, um, you know, Jesus was in the desert for 40 consecutive days. Maybe if you include the Sundays, it ends up being more than 40 days, but he didn't get to come out of the desert once a week. He stayed there. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Um, and I'm absolutely with you. If you struggle with something, um, then you need to maintain some consistency. Like if you're trying to really kick a really bad habit, or if you're getting rid of sin, I would not recommend that you take sin back up on Sundays. Um, you know, it's like you can't even do it anyway because it's still it's still sin, right? Like, <laughs> so. Um, but if you're if you're giving up something good um, to try to train your will, uh, then if Alicia, like Alicia said, if you it's a really bad habit for you, like if you're addicted to chocolate or whatever, um, and you're in bad health, okay, then I wouldn't recommend that you come out of the desert, you know, um, every couple of days. Um, but if you have a very strong will, if you're a person who, you know, you're giving up good things, like say, for example, Alicia, who's given up hot water. Um, if she's doing something really intense for six days straight, and then she comes back on Sunday and, you know, Sunday she gives herself kind of a little bit of rest that, that might be okay. That was very much like if you went through a, a very intense, um, exercise routine where you're not simply getting rid of, like bad foods, you know, like fried foods or something like that. Um, but you're actually trying to build muscle and you go to the gym and you have really intense workouts six days a week. And on Sunday you come back and you have a rest day to recuperate, um, be, to prepare yourself to go back into a very intense, you know, six days that I think is, is potentially okay. Um, so you can certainly exercise that the church does allow that. Um, but if you're talking to kids, you have to be very careful about, you know, that kind of thing. Um, how you convey it to them. If you convey it to them just like that, right? Um, hey, yeah, as long as you're working hard for six days straight and you have an intense thing that, you know, is really helping you on Sundays and yeah, you can absolutely celebrate Sunday as the day of, you know, um, the resurrection. That's partly why, well, that is the reason why um, Lent is longer than 40 days because Sundays are not counted because Sundays are a um, technically a day of celebration, you know, of, of the resurrection. Um, and so, uh, you know, you, it's, you, you know, yourself 
so you can test your own intentions whenever you you know decide what you want to do. Um, but um, when you're talking to to kids, you know, then I would convey it to them that way, um, or just say like if they're being if they're little punk bratty kids, you could be like, suck it up, you know, you need to get through this. <laughs> I don't know. That was probably bad advice. Anyway, sorry, Val. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, any last words, uh, Alicia? Not like that kind of, you know, any last words, but any um, ending thoughts? For those of you who are struggling with your Lenten sacrifice, um, probably most of us, um, hang in there. It's only the beginning. Um, how many days is it? <laughs> they're five-year-olds. Val just said they're five-year-olds. I'm sorry. That was really bad advice then. <laughs> uh, what five-year-olds asking you if they can... Sundays, okay. Those are intense five-year-olds. Yeah, those are some intense Sorry, sorry. Anyway, um, hang in there. It's only been a couple days. Um, don't forget that Lent is not just about giving something up, but also it's about um, almsgiving and prayer. Um, so uh, make your sacrifice fruitful. Pray about it. Um, and uh, find... Um, something you're passionate about for your almsgiving during Lent. Um, I actually, it, it was very easy for me because when I was walking out of the church on Ash Wednesday, I had this man was holding a big stack of paper bags and um, on them were some donations needed for food pantry um, and for St. Vincent de Paul. And he said, here, would you like one? And I said, perfect. <laughs> um so that's one thing you can do. Um, you can give to a food pantry if you're still looking for something to do. Um, there's an endless need out there. So um, if you haven't found your cause for almsgiving yet, um, keep praying about it. Keep looking. That's it. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so to just echo, uh, give up sin. You know, uh, make sure that. You know, the, this is my best advice for how to Lent. Get better and make sure that what you're doing is getting you better. If it's not, uh, then, you know, turn up the dial. Make it more intense. Uh, and if it's, you know, way too hard and you're, like, failing miserably, then dial it back a little bit um, and just make sure that whatever it is that you're doing is in, is getting you better, is improving you as a person and as a Christian. And um, if you fail and you, you know, are not doing very well, well, uh, just keep at it, like Alicia says. Don't give up. All right, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week on uh, Thirst for Truth live Mondays at 8 p.m. Um, I think I lost Alicia; she went black here. But um, anyway, we'll see you next week. <laughs>